All right. Hello, guys. Welcome to the Sports Debate. I am Jonathan Dominique. I'm alongside with my co-host, Stephen Wordy, and I am with the new community manager of the Baltimore Ravens, Mr. Keena Harrell. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great for you to be here, sir. We, uh, we appreciate you coming on the show. You know, you're actually our first ever guest. Nice. Yes. Like that's, a, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Awesome. So, you know, yeah. you go down in the record books. <laughs> Appreciate y'all taking a risk on me. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna send you some, um, I don't know, some <laughs> Ray, Ray Lewis chocolate-covered candies, you know, <laughs> just for the special right. occasion. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but, yes, uh, thank you so much for coming here. Um, Given what's happened throughout this whole scenario, um, thank you for taking the time to be on this podcast. Of course, man. Of course. Glad to be here. Now, now I just want to go straight to the nitty gritty. I mean, uh, first of all, congratulations on your, can you say promotion? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So up until April, March. Um, you know, I was community relations coordinator, but um, I was recently promoted to community relations manager. So, um, so yeah, so excited about that. It was it was a goal of mine, and and uh, yeah, just gotta be able to go, get back to the office now to do do some more work. Can you uh, give us a, a brief overview of your uh, like what you do, so people that don't understand what's going on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so in my role, so like I said, I'm community relations manager for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, in my role specifically, we are essentially responsible for a few things. Um, we are responsible for obviously serving our fans and being a positive force in the community, but also we're responsible for using our resources, our organization's you know notoriety to enact philanthropy within the Baltimore community, really within this whole state of Maryland. But, um, you know, we have a heavy concentration um, in Baltimore because that's where our our stadium is located. Um, What that looks like is getting our players involved in the community, whether you see a guy uh, reading a book to some elementary students or whether it's us um, spearheading an initiative to raise awareness about cancer or to educate folks about uh, or to educate youth about health and wellness through like our Play 60 initiative, um, or whether it's through donations to various nonprofits and things like that. Um, we are the, the social impact philanthropic wing of our football team, which is uh, pretty unique because we're, we're philanthropists, we're philanthropists, I guess, um, but our business is football. So um, we're, little, we're pretty uniquely positioned uh, to serve our community. Thank you for that insight and tutorial on what you do. Um, I just want to first start you off with this question. I mean, I know that I met you back in February for Barry's first ever TEDx talk. It was amazing. I mean, it sucks to be you, Stephen. I didn't see you there, but it was great. And, you know, you talked about Somewhere in the lungs of combining sports and humanity. Can you explain on your yeah talk about that? Yeah. So yeah. So that well, was, if you uh, even remember, <laughs> I 
do. I I, pro- I could probably still recite maybe like fifty percent of of that speech right now because um, I had it I had it memorized to a T. But um, but yeah, yeah, being um, being at Barry, you know, for the first ever TEDx talk or TEDx event was was awesome. Um, it had been you know a goal of mine to do a TEDx talk, and I had applied to a lot, but Barry, like you guys, uh, was fortunate enough to or they were willing enough to take a take another risk with me and having me speak there so it was it was an incredible opportunity um but my topic and my speech title was why sports will save humanity um and essentially what i talked about was the different powers that sport advocacy um in addition to just the platform that sports has in addition to um you know so many people's emotional ties to sports and competition um, I sort of packaged all that up and explained how and why um, sports can be a very 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 effective tool in making you know our society better making each other better making the world uh, a better place and I mean with everything going on now between um, you know the COVID-19 pandemic and and you know protests surrounding George Floyd's murder and you know just people rising up and, and um, fighting for, you know, equality and an end to systemic and racial injustice and things like that. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of athletes step up to the plate and become voices for that. So um, that's sort of spot on to exactly everything that is going on now is essentially what uh, I was illustrating uh, in my, in my talk. I might've been a few months early and I, I didn't predict all this stuff was going to happen in 2020, but um, I think the the speech was pretty relevant to what's going on now. You know, if you don't have um, any luck or any future with the Ravens, you could be a fortune teller. You know, so you know. I could, yeah. I might. That might be a pretty lucrative profession, right there. Interesting. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so I noticed you. Well, you mentioned earlier that you work for the Ravens for two years. Um, uh, so, I've, so I'm heading into my sixth season. Sixth season. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. <laughs> so you've been there for a while. You've seen it all. The up and down. <laughs> a little bit. I think a little bit, a little bit of, of it. Did you, do you have a ring under your belt? Or is that a little too I early? don't, man. You know, I thought, I thought we were going to be getting that ring uh, this past season, but the uh, – the Tennessee Titans came and sort of ruined that plan for you blew us. Blew everything out of the water, yeah. Yeah, um, but I got I got a good feeling about this season, regardless of you know what happens. I think as long as football is played, I think we have a, a very good chance at at going all the way. Okay, so so what I'm gonna do since you're a fortune teller is <laughs> my whole life savings on the Ravens winning the Super Bowl this season. Thank 100%. you. Thank you. Um, Okay, uh, what were some of the good and bad in your experience, given the fact that you were there for six seasons? Mm -hmm. Or the good and bad that you want to talk about? (laughs) Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I'll start with the good. And, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything explicitly bad per se. I'll I'll say like, you know, yeah, I'll I'll answer with the good first. so it's been, you know, when I was hired, I remember my first day was March 16th, 2015. 
Um, and, you know, I was offered the position maybe like two or three weeks prior to that. Um, and I started as an intern in our corporate sales department, actually, um, knowing that I wanted to eventually try and get into community relations. I just wanted to get my foot in the door, um, which I was able to. And, you know, it's been it's been a, a dream come true. Um, you know, since college, you know, I wanted to be involved with sports, but also I, it was important for me to make sure I have a career in which I'm able to positively impact others or make people's lives better or to alleviate suffering or anything like that. And um, doing that for a professional sports team has been a goal of mine since I discovered what community relations was, which was my sophomore year in college. I just went on Google. I typed in like sports and helping people. And I discovered that community relations was a thing. Um, so it has definitely been been a dream come true. And, and with that, I mean, I think one of the most rewarding things I can say about my position is um, we have an immense platform, obviously. I think the Ravens is a worldwide, you know, recognizable sport brand. Um, but we have so many people in Baltimore uh, within the community that fight every day to sort of correct the many things that um, that we're all trying to improve within our city. And, you know, us having the platform we do, we can help elevate other organizations, other nonprofits, other individuals, groups, our players who have a desire to um, make a positive impact in their community. And we can uplift them, whether it's donating money or whether it's, you know, amplifying them on social media or supporting their efforts. Like we can, can really be facilitators for, for some great and powerful change. Um, so that's, that's a very rewarding component. Um, you know, another positive to that is, I mean, we are a very consistent franchise. Um, you know, like I said, we, we were under full understanding that we were going to the Super Bowl this past season. Um, but, you know, just the fact that, you know, getting into the playoffs and, you know, we went 14-2 last year in the regular season, you know, we are a, a good franchise. And I think we're going to continue to be a consistently good franchise. We have great leadership, great coaching, great players, great scouting, great, you know, everything across the board. And our record shows for that. So to be a part of a franchise that – to be part of a winning franchise um, – you know, that's, that's very exciting, you know, in itself. And obviously you got game days, you got a stadium full of fans, you got the game day energy, um, you know, all exciting perks uh, to the role. Um, in addition to that, I mean, I work with a great group of people. Um, you know, my team, we have a pretty small team, but uh, we, we all speak the same language, which is be a positive force in the community. So you know, you got a good team, you know, a good group of teammates that you're all speaking the same language. You're all on one accord. I mean, it makes going to work fun. It makes going to work easy. Um, especially when the season starts, we spend a lot of time together too. So um, to like who you work with is a big bonus as well. Um, now on the converse of that, you know, I wouldn't say there's necessarily anything uh, bad per se. I, I think it's more so from my own personal experiences, you know, through anyone's professional journey, you're always going to experience struggles or uh, adversity, things like that. Um, 
And I, I'd probably say when I first started, I was fresh out of college. I think I was 22. I was 22 when I started working there. Um, and, you know, working in sports is, it's a full-blown lifestyle adjustment. You know, like if you, I don't know, say if you were like a banker per se, um, I'm not as familiar with that industry, but I'm assuming, you know, you come into work at eight or nine, leave at five, and then, you know, the work sort of stays there. Yeah. Um, and sport is, is literally, especially when you're in football season, it's literally, literally almost like 24 seven. Um, and that has to be a balance that, you know, you're willing to sort of jump right into or that you're, you know, you're able to, to work with. Cause like I said, you know, my Sundays and Saturdays are, we got games, we got, you know, we have responsibilities on game day. We have community events on the weekends during the week. So it's like, you know, it's very, it's very work-life balance uh, heavy, I guess. Um, yeah. So, you know, that could be an adjustment for a lot of people. I mean, like I said, I'm heading into my sixth season. So, you know, I, I like, I, I'm privy to it now. Like I know, um, but you know, making that adjustment was, was a, a small challenge. I think when I first, when I first started, I mean, just transitioning out of college to your first full-time job in any way is a transition within itself. Um, That's so, a yeah. big transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great job to go into right out of college too. It is. It is. I, um, so right after graduation, I interned with the Army All-American Bowl first for, what, five, six months? And then after that, I got an internship with the Ravens, and then I've been there since. I like that. That's a pretty, really that's a pretty <laughs> smooth line. <laughs> now, now um, given your position or whichever position you're mostly accustomed to, like, what's a day in the life of you? Like, let's say during the season perhaps um all right so we'll say during the season we'll say we'll say it's week it's week three regular season um so the way our team is most nfl team all nfl teams are structured is um players have one day off each week um and that's like per nfl pa rules and things like that so usually for most teams it's either monday or tuesday um, for us, it's on Monday. So we call that Community Mondays. Um, and that's when we have a bulk of our, you know, front or fan facing like community events because players are available. So the week prior, you know, throughout the week, we'll work with guys to um, confirm them for events or to, um, well, actually, what, what are, what's a better way to explain it? Um, Actually, I'll start all explaining like this. So I'm just going to say like what I do in a day during regular season. Right. So Sunday, Sunday happens. We have a game. We, we win. Awesome. Monday rolls around. Uh, wake up early. Uh, head to, uh, we'll say, the Boys and Girls Club uh, in Baltimore City and start setting up for an event. Um, we'll have kids there. We'll have media come. We'll have, obviously, players come and maybe some staff. Um, Text the player, make sure he's good to get there on time, knows where to park, knows the instructions. Um, you know, event will happen, player will come, do their thing. Um, 
and then we move on to another event, maybe two hours later, drive somewhere else in Maryland, sort of do the same thing. And then maybe we have one more event that day, same thing. Uh, and then we sort of, you know, close shop for the day. Tuesday might come around and then we're now planning for the following week. So whether it's in a, in a community event that involves a sponsor or a player, or if it's a player-led event um, who's maybe doing something through their own foundation, we'll be helping them with logistics of setting that up. Um, so we're planning those things throughout the week. In addition to that, um, we're also getting players to autograph merchandise, uh, whether it's for a, a charity auction or a fundraiser or something like that. Um, on top of that, um, what else are we doing? We are, we are working with our marketing department, our sales department, um, coaching department on creating other events, basically. Um, in addition to that, you know, still got emails coming through, you know, whether it's inquiring about a player, whether it's um, maybe about a program that we're running or a scholarship application or something like that. So we're still sort of answering those emails as well. Um, and then, yeah, I hope, I hope that explains it. A lot happens, uh, in a day and in a week. And sometimes you get to the end of the day and you're like, wow, that was a lot. Yeah. Um, about the players themselves, I mean, so you got certain players, one or two, like on their off day, correct? Like mm -hmm. there's a possibility to go like, I don't know maybe the whole team out there? Yeah, so we actually had an event uh, last year called the Ravens Huddle for 100. So we had 100% uh, player participation in addition to like our whole staff and all that. Um, and that was like a massive undertaking. It was like a, it was a long, it was the largest community event that we've ever done in our franchise's history. And in an event like that, we had all the players, but typically week to week, um, you know, we don't have like the whole team doing something because, you know, the player schedule is so different. They might have rehab, they might have uh, recovery or massage or need to work out or, or they just have normal, hey, I need to take my kid to school, like just normal, regular life stuff, responsibilities that they need to take care of. So um, a lot, sometimes, you know, there's been days where, like I said, we've had the whole organization come out. There's been days where we might have two guys. There's been days where we might have 20. Um, it just sort of depends week to week, who's available, what they want to do, and, and we sort of work from there. Now, are uh, uh, bye weeks like a little more hectic than a regular week since they don't have a game to really prep for, or is it just the same format as a regular week? Yeah, so during a bye week, we sometimes have some community events, but, you know, when we have bye week, usually each team, players, they have to get maybe at least like three days off. So a lot of times guys will go on like little mini vacations. So we don't do as much for that bye week. Um, Cause a lot of times the whole organization, you know, you get maybe Thursday and Friday off and enjoy the weekend and then come right back to it on Monday. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, bye week usually, usually isn't super hectic. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for detailing that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's important to know just how involved the team is with the community. And I think the Ravens are doing 
a good job for that. I mean, I probably won't see them out because I have no chance of going to Maryland, but mm-hmm. we could see what the Dolphins can do. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, no, uh, Dolphins, Dolphins are very involved as well. They have a great uh, community relations team as well. I'm familiar with a few of them, but they, they do a really good job. Ho- hopefully you see them, right, in the in the community? Uh, you see them out? I'm not sure if I can really identify them. I mean, I work with the Hard Rock. Right, but I right. work at Ticketing over, gotcha. I guess, Experience. So most of the times if I were to join a community-based event, it will be as a volunteer, not as a worker. So... Gotcha. Even the fact that we're in different departments, I might not even know who these people are. Okay, all right. But uh, about your position, I mean, do you guys know everybody from all, what is it, 28 different teams? Yeah, so we have, uh, so the NFL is 32, 32 different 32, clubs. oops. Yeah. Don't um, kill me. No, you're, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd, I'd say we have pretty good relationships with uh, all 32 clubs. Um, each year, and this is for every department, really, for any NFL club, um, we have, like, our annual meeting, usually in March. So all the community relations departments will come to a central location, and over two days, you know, we'll share best practices, network, talk about, you know, our experiences, and sort of connect from there. So um, that's why it was a good opportunity for for all for all of us to really build relationships and sort of pick each other's brains and, and steal ideas from each other on how to uh, serve the community to the best of our ability and this in this past year's uh, meeting was in New Orleans right right before you know quarantine and all that stuff began it was like the week before we had to disperse so. Okay, so it was at the first week of uh, March. Yeah, 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 about the first week of March. Now, were you going to do something different because of the fact that it was the 100th season? Um, so, yeah, so that, that was this past season. So that's why we did the Ravens Huddle for 100 initiative um, to okay. celebrate the 100th season. Um, I think there's plans to continue a similar initiative. I mean, we'll see what – I mean, we're following the NFL's lead, so we'll see what community service, community activation looks like this season. Because uh, obviously, we want to keep everyone protected and safe and healthy, um, which is a unique challenge when you do community work, physical community planning. So, um, so yeah, so we'll see what comes of it. Okay, now. Um... So we talked about on season and Stephen asked a question about the bye week, but do you see any differences in terms of activity on the off season compared to the on season? Yeah. So um, off season, as far as player events, slows down a little bit um, because a lot of times once the season is over, uh, players, they vanish, they go, right? They come back, yeah. they have one more meeting, and then they, they go off and ride off into the sunset because that, what, two-and-a-half-month gap they have is, like, that's, like, their time. Spending with family, going on vacation, relax. Um, 
some guys, you know, who are just always in the community, you know, they're still, they'll, they'll still do things or volunteer events. But during the off season, our organization, we focus a lot more on um, like grants. Um, we have like different awards and stuff like scholarships, um, like youth volunteerism grants, youth fitness grants, things like that, that we get and encourage fans um, and nonprofits to apply for. So we're not doing as many like physical community events, but we're still facilitating some type of philanthropic initiative. Um, and then once players are back in the summer and in the regular season, you know, we pick right back up where we left off. So our, our main, you know, our main goal is to 365, you know, any time of the year, if you ask us, what are the Ravens doing out to help the community? We should be able to say, hey, we're doing this this month. Um, we don't ever want to be caught, you know, at a time where it's like, what are the Ravens doing for the community this month? You're like, oh, I don't know. Like, if you ask us at any time of the year, we should be able to tell you, here's what we're doing. Uh, for how often well, do you guys uh, collab with any other the local teams like the Orioles, BC United, or the Nationals? Like, is it a, a common occurrence or is it very wishy-washy since all the seasons are kind of like layered? Yeah. So it's it's unique. I mean, we we have the Orioles literally right across from our stadium. Um, so we've done stuff with them in the past. I mean, they're Baltimore's baseball team or Baltimore's football team. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think there's, there's room for more collaboration. I think, I think sometimes the need of the community sort of dictates the strength of, of the partnership. So, you know, if there's something really big that happens and we're like, hey, we both need to sort of come together and, and make a statement on this. I know we have our own different lanes, right? The Orioles might be focused on one lane, we might be focused on another, but, you know, if something big happens in the city, um, you know, it makes complete sense for, for us to work together and, and um, you know, do, do something together. But, you know, on any working day or any regular season, I mean, because our schedules are so different and the player schedules are so different, you probably won't really see like an Orioles player and a Ravens player, you know, planning an event together to do. It's the, the, the timing is just, you know, the, the seasons just don't intersect as much. Um, but at the same time, you know, you might have what you got Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, um, you know, uh, city Bears. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bears. So you might have a city to where they have like a little bit stronger of a powerhouse of a little nucleus of of sports. Um that they it might make sense for them to collab a lot more. Um, but you know, we we collaborate when and when and where we can with the Orioles. And then the Wizards, obviously, you know, that's in the D.C. area. Wizards, Redskins, I mean, that's that's their territory. Uh, oh, yeah, South I Carolina. forgot about the Redskins. That's why. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that makes sense because yeah. I completely forgot about them. I mean, most people do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we can. We can. We can say that, right? <laughs> He can't say it, yeah, we can say it though. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, another question then, I guess this will be the final question because I like asking questions. So I'll probably just hand mm -hmm. you another question. But so you're primarily you also do uh, motivational speaking. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of tie into your 
you being a community relations manager? Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it indirectly does. Um, one skill set that you have to have working in community relations is you, you do need to be an effective communicator and, and public speaker because obviously you're conversing with so many different groups, so many types of people from week to week to week. Um, but also at the same time, when you're planning and leading an event, I mean, you're, you're the one emceeing everything and, you know, you're the one that has to, to talk and all that. Um, so yeah, so it naturally sort of ties into it. Um, but, you know, as far as my motivational speaking and things like that, that is something that, you know, I, I have a lot of, I guess you would say side passions. Um, I'm just very fortunate to where they sort of intersect with each other. Um, so motivational speaking is one of them. And it's something that I do on behalf of myself, but obviously I, you know, I talk through, you know, events with my, my job and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, whether it's talking to youth, um, you know, I'm big into mentoring, especially young men of color, um, whether it's that or talking to high school athletes, college athletes, I've talked to them before, or a leadership conference, things like that. Um, you know, I just, I like to talk, uh, John, just like you said, you like to ask questions. I like to answer questions. I like to talk. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so it's, you know, it's just a, a you know, another side of passion of mine, another, I'd like to say, skill set of mine. Um, it's just a, a fun craft to, to work on and get better at. And it's incredibly useful for any situation, uh, any industry, to be a strong commu communicator, uh, a strong speaker is it's just a good thing to have in your, your toolbox. So, so, um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a motivational speaker. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very good thing to have. Mm. And though I'm gonna still be asking my questions and you're gonna still be answering them. <laughs> uh, at least both of us can be in the same thought process at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's that's what it's all about really. Right. Repetition. Yep. Repetition's the father of learning, as they say. The more you do it, the better you get at it. You're right about that. Uh, that was my whole barrage of questions. I mean, Stephen, do you have any questions? Uh, well, personally, I would like to know how, uh, how does the job make you feel? Like, cause I know you, I really tell that you're a very passionate dude, but I want like, you did. kid I mean growing you know my family we were like I slash my relative my sister family whatever um was always was often recipients of someone else's act of of goodwill so whether it was through you know us getting personally don't remember where you left off but uh, oh, yeah. uh you were talking more about uh these were you were getting acts of goodwill as a kid 
Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah. So getting acts of good, receiving, being on the recipient end of acts of goodwill um, growing up, I think that sort of molded me early on of just having a, a genuine concern and compassion for, for others. I mean, when I was little, you know, I'd look at homeless people and, you know, I'd ask questions, you know, to my mom or to my dad of just like, like, it, I don't know, it always unsettled me. Even now it still does. Um, of just like, Hey, why is, you know, why is this guy sleeping outside? Like why, where are his shoes? Why, you know, where's his family? Um, and those questions sort of just, I don't know, stuck with me as a little bit, you know, growing up. And I was like, why are things in the world as they are? You know, I guess my own personal philosopher in my own head of just like questioning why do certain things exist in the world and how can we remedy them? How can we fix them, make them better? So, um, you know, carrying that with me, when I entered college, I actually entered as a sociology and global studies double major. And I was going to join the Peace Corps after college. That was my, that was my goal. Um, Cause I was like, you know, I know I'm going to help people. I don't know how or exactly how, you know, what route I want to take to do it, but you know, I'll just join the Peace Corps. Like that was, that was legit my plan. Um, then you get into college, things change, your interests change. And that's when I really was like, all right, you know, I, I love sports, you know, I love philanthropy. How can I somehow uh, combine the two? You know, I think I still love philanthropy a little bit more than, than sports. Um, but I was lucky enough to be able to combine the two. So, um, you know, I feel, I feel great, you know, going to work, coming from work every single day. Um, I think ultimately, you know, I want to get to a place or create a place for myself where I can do more, um, more measurable impact, uh, more tangible change. Um, you know, I have ideas always brewing in my head. And um, I think being with the Ravens has taught me a lot about how to do it, but ultimately, whether it's, I mean, shoot, whether it's politics or, you know, some other route, you know, I want to be in a position to where I can really help as many people as possible and, and sort of fix the the systems that are in place, the invisible systems that are in place that cause, you know, this turmoil and, and um, you know, inequalities in the first place. I think, I think a lot of our I'm not saying just for the Raven or not saying the Raven specifically, but I think um, a lot of people focus maybe on the, the symptoms, right. Of, of things. So someone's homeless. Oh, it's because X, Y, Z, but people don't focus as much on the illness. So, right. You got your illness, like the actual thing that needs to be cured. And you got your symptoms, which is like, if you have a cold, Oh, I'm, I got snot coming out my nose. I'm coughing. But if you can fix the cold, which is, you know, fix the immune system, then there won't be a cold. There won't be any systems in the first, uh, symptoms in the first place. So um, in my head, that's where sort of my thinking and trajectory is sort of headed towards just whether it's sports or another platform, just being in a position where I can really make something shape, like, you know, shoot, what is it, shoot for the stars, land on the cloud or something like that. Yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's sort of the philosophy, man. Just shooting for the the stars. I have a, a journal that I write in um a few times throughout the week. Um and it's just like, you know, just write down my goals or just things that I want to physically manifest at some point in my own life. 
And one of one of the things I write down is win a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, wow. I don't know, like how or through what means I'm going to do that. You know, I'm not like a scientist. Like I, I don't know. Maybe it's through speaking. <laughs> I really have no idea. But that's what I'm aiming for. And you know, I feel like every day that I'm involved in the community, especially through the Ravens, I get a little bit closer to that. I get a little bit more knowledgeable about it. And, you know, I get deeper to finding even my my own my own passion. So long-winded answer, but I feel really good about what I do. And I'm looking forward to feeling even better as time goes on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you basically, Build everything we needed with that answer, <laughs> honestly. I appreciate it. That was actually pretty motivational, too. Pretty, cool, pretty man. motivational. I like it. He is, isn't he? Feeling juiced up? Your guy's feeling juiced up? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I could go outside, I definitely would. But. <laughs> awesome. But, but uh, thank you so much, uh, Keenan Harrell. If you guys want to follow this man, your Twitter is Harold Keenan. Yes. Did you? Yeah, I think. Did you follow me? I'll follow you back. Yeah. I think thank I you. <laughs> yep. Boom. Got it. It should, it should just come up on your phone. I got it. Thank you so much. Hey, he follows back too. I got it. <laughs> Steven, Steven, you got one too? Uh, um,. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't put you on the spot. I don't. You know. It's not a. You could follow me on Instagram. It's just my Twitter is a very. Uh, it's too. It's too much of a place of comfort for. Uh, yeah. yeah. Look, I'll tell you this, man. I I hear you completely. I uh. I have two Twitters. One that I don't even like. I had one from college that I just. I had it's private. I just had to just leave it. I just had to leave it, and I had to start a whole new professional public. Twitter. Uh, that's what that's what I'm going to have to end up doing. Different uh, different stages of life. Different stages. Of <laughs> definitely, life. definitely. Multiple burner accounts. There's <laughs> <laughs> not wrong with that. There's not wrong with that. It's growth. No, it's growth no, you know. <laughs> but Stephen, when you make one, just you know, just let me know. I'll give you a follow. I definitely will. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Keenan. No we need a soundboard, John, so we can have like claps and all that. Yeah, um, more lively. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, definitely, <laughs> definitely some chocolates and a plaque is coming your way, Keenan. Just wait on me. All right, that works. <laughs> All right, thank you so much. No problem. All right, y'all stay uh, stay safe. Let me know if you need anything. We'll try to. Thank you. Well, thank you. All right, man. I'll see y'all. Bye. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, <laughs> uh, wow, that was actually pretty amazing. Pretty. Yeah, it was. It was like my heart. Like I was, I was a little nervous. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. A little nervous talking to him. Yeah, but you know, it's our first time, and that's what we're here for. You know. Yeah, you know, you couldn't you couldn't help the inevitable disconnecting, huh? I see. What did you yeah, do? Like, I died. <laughs> at the most important times too. Like I wanted this to go <laughs> flawless. Nope. Trust me guys, uh I'm gonna have a new processing unit, a new processor and a new CPU, so this won't ever happen again. 
but maybe I just need to upgrade my internet. So I already don't know what it is at this case. But um, I'm surprised I'm still here because you know, whenever I play PlayStation, I'm always getting kicked out. It hurts. I'd rather get kicked out of this than that. So <laughs> in reality, I got you. I got you. Um, Stephen, um, this is a very rare occasion. Um, it's just me and you. Yes, sir. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna let you know your uh, your video is a little more delayed than your audio. So you're speaking, and then like then comes your face. <laughs> okay, I just I just stop the video then. Wait, yeah, stop it and see if you if you reconnect it, it'll jump back on. How about now? Perfect. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, it's, it's whatever. It's whatever at this point. <laughs> no, I'm going to just take it off. All eyes on you, Stephen. All eyes on you. Oh, man. Great. <laughs> Put all the pressure on me, man. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, yeah, like I, like I mentioned, um, it's just me and you. And what does that scream? It screams... <laughs> it screams soccer time. And... To be honest, if you want to make our own podcast for soccer, we could do that. Like, no problemo. Like, we have our own segment or anything. But um, let's go on with the whole world of sports. Like, a lot has been going on. I mean, look at this. You got you got twenty second knockouts from the UF. UFC, MMA, whatever it is. 20 seconds. It was like, 20 seconds. You talking about the, the, oh my God, I can't remember the guys fighting. Listen, I do not know, but I know what I saw and the highlights was dope. I saw, yeah, the, 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 the um, you saw the, uh, the buzzer beater? First time I ever buzzer seen beater. a buzzer beater knockout. Yeah. yeah. That, that, buzzer beater knockdown. Like, yeah. And uh, usually, the funny thing is, usually you get saved in UFC if you get knocked out. Apparently, that guy was out cold. Oh, so they immediately called the fight. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's crazy. As soon, as soon as it happened, they called it. I mean, um, I, don't, I mean, I don't know how it feels to be knocked out, but I don't want to be knocked out. I feel like it's like a minor concussion. Like, I feel like it's that. You probably see the light a little bit. You think you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like, oh wow! I think you just dazed. Thank God I've never been knocked out, but yeah. But also another thing about UFC is that uh, Fight Island's coming soon, man. Fight Island is coming soon. Oh, is it actually making it an actual thing now? Yes, sir. I believe it will be in uh, Abu Dhabi, and I, there's three, three scheduled uh, three scheduled fight like fighting dates. If I'm correct. I don't know. Um, all I got to say is it's sports. Um, we've been on for too long. We'll take anything we'll get. Like, I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel that way too. I'm not going to lie. It, yeah, because I was watching I was watching the Bundesliga and on Telemundo, bro. And I enjoyed it, not knowing nothing that was going on. But hey. <laughs> I was like, wow. We're actually going to talk a little bit about the Bundesliga um, in a couple minutes. Well, did you did you watch the uh, 
any of the games that happened this past weekend? Um, not this past weekend. Um, I think last Bundesliga match I watched was uh, RB Leipzig versus, I believe, Frankfurt. I missed the uh, I missed the uh, Bayern Munich and the Leverkusen match apparently because I was busy doing something. Unfortunately, yeah, I missed that. I missed that too. I was only able to watch the Borussia Dortmund versus uh, Bertha, which was uh, oh, okay. it was Borussia Dortmund could have won with ease. I mean, they only won one zero, but Sancho missed two like two two goals in the six yard box. I swear. um let's go on to the well let's bring it back to the uh the classicer i mean it was a very important game i'm not sure if you watched it or not didn't get to watch it it's it's uh, the only reason why it's hard for me to watch soccer is because uh one you know don't got the the streaming services to watch soccer <laughs> oh, to, okay. To uh, um, they they don't really broadcast it on like TV as much as they should. Like it's really bad. Knowing even knowing that like there's not a lot of things going on, it's pretty bad that they're not broadcasting it. Especially since they they they're able to to willingly broadcast Korean football. Even though I have no problem with it, but if you're going to be able to to broadcast something that we've never really seen on American TV. You can definitely broadcast big soccer platforms, top seven leagues, top seven, top five, top five, top five, top five. Uh, okay, so at that point at the table, I mean, I believe these guys were like three points apart, Barisa and Bayern, and this was the match to pretty much settle it all, or at least got. Barisa closer to to Bayern in terms of points, but uh, fortunately through a chip goal, or I'm not sure, poor goalkeeping from Dortmund's keeper, uh, Bayern ended up winning 1-0 on a match that could have went for a lot of goals, really. I mean, I know... Um, from what I remember in the match, um, there was a lot of advances done through the wings. I mean, that's how both of the teams like to play, apparently. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Dortmund definitely plays wing heavy. They love getting their uh, – I mean, what they run? They ran a uh, – ooh, I know I'm going to get this wrong. A 3-4-3? Three, three? No, no, because they had, they had three – ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was a three four three, but they layered. They had two at the top and one one in the middle. Like at the top layer, it was two at the top, and then one in the middle. So it was yeah, they like me that. It was like a three four one two. Yeah, they typically just have Holland up at the top by himself. Um, yeah, but they didn't even have Holland play the game against uh, Bertha, so it was very. They had uh they had Thorgon and um. Yeah, I think Thorgon and Sancho were next to each other with Brant playing that middle. Brant's a pretty good midfielder for first Brant is Brant showed out. I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I'm really favoring him. Do that's a really good pick. 
Well, good pickup signing. I mean, yeah, that was definitely, at least on that match, it was a good moment. I mean, we saw some highlights of uh, Davies and his winger days. I mean, just blowing by everybody. I mean, one of the things I highlighted on my Twitter was that Davies used to be a winger prior to being a left back or right back. So he definitely has that speed for the winger playing. Sometimes they even push him up a lot of times or he just make runs by himself. And mm-hmm. Boy, was he fast. Is he fast? Yeah, he's definitely fast. So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Byron won that game 1-0 and looks like Dortmund might not even get to the top of the table at all. So, I mean, right now, Dortmund is uh, seven points behind. So, I mean, it's not impossible. It's definitely not impossible, but it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tough for them to crawl back in it, especially with with them trying to get the top of the table away from Bayern Munich, who is just, you know, the most stacked team in all of Germany. For they won eight consecutive titles, I believe. Yeah, it's pretty uh pretty one sided. I was told I was told from my from my German friend that uh Bayern Bayern fans aren't even true soccer fans. It's really uh the Dortmund people that, that bring life to soccer. And I was like, oh, Wow really? That's what I was yes, that's what I was definitely told. That Dortmund people they're they're the true soccer fans because they they stick with players, you know. They, they're there for the long haul. They're there for the ups. They're there for the downs. You know, it's not really like picking a front runner. And I, I, I agree because usually, you know, it's Bayern seeing some top players in Germany, and they're like, "Yo, I got money for you." I mean, we yeah. often see a lot of teams being up at the top table because of the fact that um, well, they're just damn good. You know, like uh, you look at. Bundesliga, right? You have Bayern. You look at Series I. You have Juventus. Uh, what else? La Liga. That's that, that's Juventus now. That that that's now. You got to realize that the Milan and well, AC Milan and Inter Milan were really dominating during you know while we were younger. Ideally, I mean, we're in Pampers, right? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say Pampers, but like two thousands. You can't say that that Juventus was better than. Milan or uh, I mean AC Milan or really Inter Milan especially with the players that they were bringing in people actually wanted to go to those places I mean people still want to go to those places but it's, they're they're not like prime destinations as the Juventus is now yeah I mean I definitely agree with what you're trying to say um, there is a time for some teams that even though they're at the top now whereas of recent it wasn't always like that so yeah, like Watch your mouth, all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do not accept PSG slander, all right? That's just me personally. But um, you have other leagues. Uh, continue off. Uh, you have Barca or Real Madrid for La Liga, but that's been since... The day of time. That, 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 yeah, that, that, but they're not, but 
and in their terms, I don't see them like going. They're not taking away from their own competition in a sense. That's what I. That's what I look at what Bayern Munich is doing. They take away from their own competition. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of times in which. I mean, you look. You look at the Bayern team now. Majority of them played for uh, teams like Wolfsburg or Leipzig or even Dortmund themselves. So, mm-hmm. I mean, can we say that that team is really made of transfers from other teams? Uh, you kind of can. I feel like you you kind of can. Now, I wouldn't say everybody, but you look at their point, man. Appointment yep. from where? Dortmund. Yeah. So I mean, I won't. I won't say that. Personally, I don't. I don't really have the knowledge, the, the complete true knowledge to know where all their players come came from, transfer wise, or if they were like actually raised in their uh, their development, like their player development leagues. You know, the all youth, well, the youth youth academy. There we go. But uh, you know. Uh, I personally don't, you know, I know, well, Nabry's the only person I know for a fact that <laughs> wasn't, uh, wasn't in the, uh, Germany. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Um, and yeah, um, I think we're at the most interesting time in terms of hierarch- hierarchy when you look at the Premier League. I mean, can we say that the Premier League was known for Chelsea? It was known for Chelsea? I would say it was more known for Man U, Man U and Liverpool. Okay, but with the but like I'm just trying to show that it wasn't really Solid as compared to the other leagues. I mean, it was kind oh, of oh, yeah. It was it's very the the Premier League is definitely a a, a more like floppy league. Yeah, it's more well rounded. Shoot, Leicester won. Who would have, who would have expected Leicester? Yeah, to yeah, win? yeah. You know, that, who would have thought? Otherwise, I wouldn't say the yeah Premier League probably is my you know of course it's gonna be my favorite because you know cheer on your Spurs, but uh, yeah. I understand wow. you and your Spurs love. Yeah, I got you. You know. Oh, they also. I know. I know one thing. They really just had their uh, their intra squad uh, matches. Their eleven v eleven. I watched a couple of the highlights from my uh, Spurs games. It's pretty, pretty decent. You know. Are all teams doing that, or? I saw Spurs did it. Manchester United did it, and I. I think, I think Chelsea did Chelsea it. Chelsea did it too. Yeah, I think Chelsea did it too. Those are yeah. the only ones that are really that were really broadcasted on uh you know social media. Yeah, I read something about Chelsea at least. Uh, besides Conte growing all his hair during the uh, quarantine, he cut period. his hair again. I'm so mad. Yep. yep. I'm so mad. Oh, another thing. You see how uh, Werner's linked with Chelsea now? Yeah. For what? Really cheap. Mil, I um, that's yeah. a crime. That's a 55 crime. Fifty-five mil, and that's a crime. <laughs> I want to know why. Why he's gonna settle? Like, what are you settling for? You're a big money guy, bro. Like, he's a big money guy. He should at least be getting. I would say, I would say maybe seventy-five, eighty. 
I would definitely see something like this. I mean, we're talking about what when Werner, right? Yeah, Timo Werner. Yeah. Timo Werner. Yeah, the man had thirty games with twenty-five goals and eight assists. Like, come on, like, he definitely. That's another thing. The, the numbers that people put in the put up in the Bundesliga are like really like sometimes they're ridiculous. Yeah, like Holland. Holland's on a, a crazy run right now. <laughs> Like, crazy run. Sancho last year was on a crazy run. When Paco went over there, Paco was on a crazy run. I don't know what it is about being on, on you know, German turf or German, you know, pitches, but it just uh, it just ignites something under, you know. Look at Kai Havertz. Like, even there's just so many. Animal. There's young, there's just young talent. Well, I can't say Paco's young talent, but. <laughs> there's a lot of young talent that goes over there and they just like show out and it's like it, it kind of makes you what kind of makes me think is, is the Bundesliga really as as uh as tough as it is made out to seem or is it just like the top clubs I think for sure that I don't know I mean do you think I'll be controversial if I to say that Bayern's more like a farmer's league, so to say, or maybe the Bundesliga is a farmer's league. All right, so if if we're looking at top five leagues, we're going we're going Premier, well, England, Spain, Italy, Germany, and League One. Ah, there you go, France. Okay, boom. Now, ideally, what I would really do is, I think they're they're the fifth, the fifth best league in terms of like full on competitiveness. Like, not to get me wrong, I'm not saying that they're not competitive at all, but like, I feel like the 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 feat that people are accomplishing in other leagues, it doesn't really get like you know transferred over once you go to like Spain or or the Premier League or you know or to Serie A or, you know, things like that. Because you got to look, look. Look at what Jao Felix was doing in Portugal. And as soon as he got to, to, to Atletico, he was he slowed down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, um, I definitely um, remember the time of uh, Joao. Joao, right? Joao Felix? Jao. 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 Jao Felix, pardon. I believe and now, I'm correct, if I'm correct. Both Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Felix. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll call him that. Hey, should we really call him Mr.? We're, we're kind of older than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Felix, that kid. Um, so, I mean, I remember he was causing such a craze, and now that he's – and can I call Atletico Madrid a dumpster fire right now? Or is that too rude to say? Pretty bad. They're a dumpster fire. Yeah, yeah. Is, is that like a good thing, or are you trying to say they're there's a bad team that's sparking, or are you just a uh, bad really team bad? overall? Because a bad, they have pretty great, you know, pretty good talent over there, bro. I don't really say they're a bad team overall. Like, okay, that's especially when that's, when you got when you got. Jan Oblak is recognized as the top. He's recognized as the top three uh, goalie right now. 
besides him. I mean, I know that they really were detrimental in terms of their performance, especially since uh, Felix kept getting injured, and that's kind of what kind of started the trend, in my opinion. I mean, also, they, they lost Griezmann. I feel like any time you lose your, your, your primetime player, it's gonna, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to need a season to at least, you know, try to cap up. I mean, cap up. To, to fill in for what you're missing. And, I mean, Diego, Diego's doing what he has to do, to be honest. He's making it work. He is making it work. And it's not like he has, like, truly, like, bad players because, you know, he still has Thomas Party. He still has uh, Thomas Lamar's on the side also. Jao Felix. Diego Kosu may be able to still do what he has to do. Um... Who they have in the back? I don't know if Felipe Luis is still there. Uh, no, he left. Oh, well. Yeah, then I, I personally don't know who's on that back line. Uh, but I know their back line can't be that bad. I know that for a fact. Because they, they should be still be holding on. I don't know where they are on the table, too. Let me look. I think people really don't care about that table. They don't really care about the top two, at least. Oh wow! Never mind. They're definitely uh ah no, nah, they're not doing that bad. They're 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 one win away from being in uh, third place. They're in six right now, but yeah, it goes third is forty seven with Sevilla, Real Sociedad, Sociedad with a uh, forty six, Getafe with forty six, and Atletico uh forty five. So I mean, they're not out completely, like really, but. Yeah, you know, Barca's at the top. And then Madrid's uh, right underneath them with 50, 56, with then Barca at 58. So, I mean, those who are solidified, you, there's no really, there's no real chance of them slowing down to really let somebody else, even if somebody else gets into the pot, the, the first place team is just going to secure it at that point. But I, I still do feel like Atletico can still uh, make things work. Yeah. There's definitely, I think, given the fact of the scenario that they're coming back from, any team could take it. I mean, is that something you could agree on with me? Any team could take it in, in La Liga? Uh, in general. All right. Um, Some leagues you already know that it's going to be basically. Oh, okay. Okay. Possible. Yeah. 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 Never mind. We can we can agree with that. Some leagues are just gonna be like, no matter no no matter the fact that nobody's in form, no matter the fact that, that <laughs> you know everybody got all this time to rest, it's still gonna be pretty hard for you know teams to get up and and shoot. The third place team is nine points away. That's three wins, and you're expecting Real Madrid, who has three losses, and then. Uh, Barcelona has five to really fold for three straight games. And then you really also have to account for that the other teams will have to win three straight games. And there's, there's the just so many. That the other teams lose as well. Yeah, on the, yeah there's, so there's so many, like, yeah, with that. I know in the Premier League, it's basically, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. Oh, it's Liverpool, man. It's, yeah, it's... Liverpool, Liverpool got 82 points. There's nothing that's going to happen. There's literally nothing. nothing there's nothing like that can happen. I mean, hopefully, I mean, Tottenham could still get into, you know, we, we get into, uh, hopefully, we could probably get into Europa, honestly. 
You're probably the best chance you got, maybe. I mean, yeah, Europa definitely looks like the best chance. Sadly. Nah, nah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, Chelsea would have to win three games. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were ahead of Arsenal, right? Yeah, always, yeah. That's always a plus, you know. We're ahead of Arsenal. All they care about is going to the cup anyways. <laughs> Basically, that's all they want. But um, since you're talking about the Premier League, I'd like to make the connection to Werner. I mean, I know we talked about him earlier, mm-hmm. but he was in ties with Liverpool and Chelsea for the most part. And last minute, like you announced earlier, he went with Chelsea. Now, um, do you have any thoughts as to what happened? Because I kind of have my own reasons for it, but I want to hear yours first. Uh, with Liverpool, what I was hearing was that, you know, Liverpool was trying to talk to – they were just trying to schedule time to get with Timo, and I guess Timo was, like, blowing them off. Or at least that's what um, – that that's what what the the headliners are saying that Timo kind of like never really gave him a chance to, to to propose what they wanted to propose, and now I see him taking a a, a really a, a bad plea with with Chelsea, but I mean I'm not gonna lie if Chelsea does get the chance to to sign him they're 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 gonna have a pretty 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 good young team. I think they're going to have a pretty good young team up up in the midfield because, I mean, look look at it. I mean, you have you have Warner, right? You have mm. um, Zayic, mm-hmm. who is making his own threading line as well. And they could possibly have Havertz as well. I don't know if they're gonna get Havertz. I know that. Well, you gotta remember they still have, they still have Pulisic, who can run with them. They still got Tammy Abraham has been playing amazing. Uh, they can they still got Conte. You know, they they have flavors. They're gonna have many. They're gonna have a lot of flavors if they get this signing done. It's just gonna open up more possibilities. But then at the again, it's gonna be like, where are you gonna fit all these people that to play in the in the one? You know. How are you going to get them all to fit in one formation peacefully and, and, you know, in a way where they're all going to be able to do what they have to do on the field? Okay, so, I mean, let's go through a – that brings me an idea. Let's have an ideal midfield and top three. Let's say they're running a 4-3-3 with – all three of those people, I mean, who do you have in midfield? I mean, you probably have Pilicic, right? Oh, they do have Kovacic. Wait, did they have Mateo Kovacic? Yeah, they have Kovacic. Ah, wow. They're probably going to have to run three in the back, honestly. That, that's going to be tough. They're probably going to have to run a three, four. Yeah, but, but if they do that, is I mean that all right. So personally, if we we're gonna do that, I would run a three four three. Okay, I would keep. I don't know where the the defenders are, honestly. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, no, the wait, no, they got Kurt Zuma. Oh well, no, that's all I really know, Kurt Zuma. Yeah, Rutger. 
Oh yeah, crazy number Rudier. Uh, anybody else you could think? Uh, of? Mark Marcus Alonso. Okay, so you run those three in the back. Then you have I would have Conte and uh, Conte and Kovacic play the middle. Then on the on the on the outsides I would have Kovacic and Ziyech. Then at the top, it would be. I mean, of course, uh, Werner. Ooh, I don't even. Yeah, I'll put Werner in the middle. As a left mid. No, no, no. Like, I mean, middle to top. Sorry, I mean like oh. your, your point man. And then Tommy. I mean Tammy. Timo. No, no, no. I'm saying like Timo's already. Oh, oh, he's already. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tammy Abraham, and then oh my God, I forgot who the other striker is. Uh, you got I got the list right here. You got Pedro Giroud, Butsuai. I'm butchering his they name. Still got, they still got Michi. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, they do. Wow. Uh, let me let me look. But I mean, you could really go anywhere with these. Signings. I oh, mean, they still got Caleb Hudson. I'll put Caleb Hudson the doy. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking though. Up top. Yeah, you, I mean, honestly, they got the young talent. They got young good talent too at that. So it's the fact that they can really, they really have so many flavors to to, to really do what they want to do. They could really, yeah. They they could really um go to young in depth squad. I mean, I think it's primarily given to the fact that you look at William. He's thirty one, which isn't really a problem. William needs to be out. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, you don't like his performance? William has not really performed. <laughs> like, what do you mean his performance? What is he performed for? I mean, I'm just asking if. You know, that was kind of the main reason why you didn't want him. Yeah. His performance, he's getting old. He's not a Ronaldo, bro. You don't need a 31-year-old playing the game <laughs> if he's not Ronaldo or Messi. Doing step-overs. So, <laughs> yeah, bro. Step-over, step-over to, to to blast it over. Blast a, cro- a crossover. <laughs> over the head. Or for him to, to miss shots. I mean, William really had all, he had all the potential in the world, man. I let that thing drop. I understand how you feel, and um, <laughs> not not aside from him, but look at the forwards. I mean, you have Pedro, who's thirty-two, oh. and Giroud, who's thirty-three, and I oh. think he'll be out <laughs> by the summer. So they could really go crazy in which what they want to do up at the top. I mean. Also, Kepa's a Kepa's a, a little bit of a, a head case. I was. He is. He is. So you know, So yeah, let's say so. you put these transfers into scenarios. You would have any or both of them starting. By starting, I mean uh, by them, I mean Zayich or. No, Zayich will. Honestly, look, put it like this. Ziyech, have, sorry, Ziyech, I Ziyech, Ziyech, play, uh, 
They usually be playing what you call it. You be playing right mid. Right mid. Okay. Playing right mid, position left mid, and then. Like and I you said, put Werner at mid as well. No, Werner's at the top. Werner's at the top. Okay. All right. Werner's playing the top with. Uh, I'll put, put, put Tammy Tammy to the right and uh, Hudson. I mean, Caleb to the left. And then your backs would be honestly. I just looked at their backs. So personally, I would I would go um, Zuma, Alonzo, and then uh, Azipulekta because I, I completely forgot about him. And I thought you just didn't like him. Oh, I wasn't gonna make a comment about it. Oh no, completely just forgot about him. Because for some reason, I get him. I get him and Keppa like mixed up. That's understandable. Why it uh. I don't know, but I definitely get them mixed up. Are they? Do they both have like similar last names? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. To a degree. Are the Balaga and Azipulekta. Sorry, man. I sound like a very ignorant American, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> they would flame me over there in the other. <laughs> oh, they would definitely flame me over there. They're what? like, who? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'd, I'd be. I'd be canceled. Oh my God, I'd be canceled. Uh, yeah, we we wouldn't be able to have a talk show. Yeah, like, <laughs> stop listening to these clowns, these, these dumb Americans. Oh my God. Arsenal TV is going to rip us apart, don't you? Who? You said Arsenal TV? Yeah. Freaking them guys, man. You don't care about them. <laughs> but um, I noticed at your midfield that while I do like it, you didn't have your Hingle or Loftus cheek and the so, reasons why I'm not gonna lie, I definitely thought about Jorginho and Loftus cheek. But, um, if I do that, it, you're sacrificing putting three real scorers at the top. I mean, if, if that, I would just throw in a 3 5 2 at that point if I wanted to throw in Jorginho or uh Loftus cheek and then have play uh either CDM or move um Kovacic to the or no, actually move Conte to the CDM and have uh, you know, uh Jorginho play that, that that left center mid area. But um that that would be personally, you know, you see me play, you know, FIFA man. I like a fast paced team. A fast paced team that's gonna run down, get you some goals. Yeah, not even get you goals, but just create chances. It's, to me, if I were to be a side coach, my whole thing is apply pressure. You know, because sooner or later, although they may be professionals, uh, an error is going to occur. Okay, so you'll pretty much be like uh, Klopp. Klopp, right? He has a lot of... Like, just like my man, Jurgen. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp. Um, yeah, he's known for his pressing style, and you see him have it being done in... Dortmund back in the day, and you see him doing it now with Liverpool. Yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool runs a crazy press. Like, as soon as they lose the ball, you have no room. Yeah. Like, you're cutting off everything except for the long ball. And if you're throwing that, if you're going to kick that long ball, they're going to be on it. So, I mean, I think that's also one of the reasons why. Well, not just those specific reasons, but it's kind of the reason why 
maybe one or couldn't work out in Liverpool if that would have happened. Because, I mean, if you're to think about a starting three, I mean, you have so many different possibilities. I mean, you have Fabinho, Keta, you could disregard Lana, Layana. You have uh, Shakira who could come off the bench or play up top. You have Jordan Henderson. You have Renandrum. Renandum. Am I pronouncing his name correctly? Renando. Number five. Let me look at their roster. Renaldum. Oh, I'm probably mispronouncing. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can never pronounce his name. Sorry. You have uh, Milner. You have Chamberlain. And that's about it. So you could really make combinations with that midfield. And I mean, I, just, well, the midfield, you got to realize sometimes they could run Trent at the midfield, which is very crazy. They still, uh, they still got Nobby. Nobby K is still there. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Yeah, Fabinho. Like they, you want you want to put Mooner in there? Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying on top, on top of like the people that you you named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, because they that's one thing that they do have. They definitely uh, they've done their due diligence with uh, making these signings. They're they're also doing a lot of preparation for the future. They're they're creating young great talents. Uh, it's it's really. Really good. All all this for losing Coutinho, who can't do nothing in the Premier League. I mean, Premier League, La Liga. So. <laughs> Can you say the same thing being done in the Bundesliga as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't do nothing at Bayern. Like, I don't know. He should have stayed at Liverpool. He would have been on his Liverpool team. I mean, then again, he wouldn't have been the man anymore. So... As as he probably, would have, probably would have shipped him off to United. Yeah, yeah. As soon as he left, Mo, Mo Salah became Jesus. So he became Liverpool <laughs> Jesus. And yeah, yeah, yeah. nobody yeah. saw that coming. Oh my God, nobody saw that. Nobody, coming. nobody. Wow. But that's that's what makes you look good as a coach when you gave these people opportunities and they flourish and. You look like a king in everybody's eyes because you wanted to take a chance. Yeah, Cobb is definitely is a mastermind. Yep. You know, like, yeah, that's that's a smart man, a very smart man. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to build a team. He definitely knows how to build a team, and he knows how to coach them. He has like people. He he literally builds a team based off his play style, and it's so great. Instead of just going after players that are like top talents. Like, pick players that you really know that are going to work in your system. That's something you've done. Yeah, that's definitely one thing to note. I mean, a lot of the times, if you're a coach, most of your decisions aren't flukes, but they're more like risk. And we, we've, we've seen that it definitely worked out in his favor. And this isn't the first time, so we we gotta give our props to Mr. Klopp. Yes, yes, you do. 
shoot, he made he made UCL final at uh with Dortmund and he made it with uh, Liverpool. So I mean, he got success under his belt. Got his first. Well, I mean, he got his first one with Liverpool, but still, he was still able to make it there. So. I understand. I understand. Now, um, thoughts on Sancho? And I'm not sure how well we're gonna deep into this, but he had a pretty good season. Their season so far, despite being injured. I mean, well, uh, so I'm a base. Well, excuse me. Whew. I'm a base. What I know off of. Uh, I mean, just the past game I watched. Um. One, like I said, he missed two, basically in the six-yard box goals. One went wide left. The other one, he tried to hit it to the right and bounce off the goalie's foot. Uh, one thing I have realized is that although he might not be like the assist man or the the scoring man, he's the he's the he's, he's sometimes the pass before. So he's getting the ball into positions where people are going to be able to lay it off to somebody who else who can score, which isn't bad. But also in that game, he well he did create chances. The the one the last chance that he had where he missed it off the the goalie's foot, he honestly broke down a defender, passed it to another man, and then he made a he made a, a good cut to get the ball right there where he needed it, but he just couldn't finish. Now, um, I like Sancho. Like he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, it's the Bundesliga, man. That that Bundesliga. You know, I don't I don't know how well what he's going to do is going to transfer over. I've seen a lot of people talking about how his, his stock has dropped due to this season. Um, because he's definitely – he's not putting up the same numbers that he had, especially due to that injury. It's hard for him, you know, hard for you to keep up. And he's young, though, too, which is another thing. I feel like when you're young and you have injuries, it kind of puts a, a – little caution sign above your head. Like is this is this something more to come or is this like a fluke? But yeah. There's a lot of things to think about. But I mean he's a, he's a pretty good good player. Don't get me wrong. He's doing what he has to do. That's he how old is he? Like twenty, twenty one? Yeah, he's very young, I would say so. Um no idea on his age though, but I don't know for the fact that he's young and he definitely has the whole world of the whole world in front of him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I definitely look forward to seeing more. Definitely have more potential based off of him. So, I mean, yeah, like I said earlier, I look forward to seeing him. And hopefully he doesn't become a bust if he goes to the Premier League. Because <laughs> I feel like if they're coming from another league, that kind of happens. Would you would you agree with me? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who leave who leave leagues and like they can't fit in another league. Which I never. I mean, since I don't know soccer that well, I don't really know how different like you know league styles vary. Like, you know, I don't know if some leagues are more aggressive than others or if some leagues are based off of, like, you know, just scoring the ball and all that. But, like, you, there's definitely been times where you can see that, like, athletes, well, soccer players are transferring leagues and they just don't 
show the same amount of success that they're being bought for. Which is, I don't know, it just, it just baffles me. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's where they're, they're sitting in the formation. I don't know if it's the food that they're eating now. I don't know if it's the <laughs> women that are approaching them. But, uh, yeah. It could, be, it could be a whole different bunch of scenarios. And we may never know. I mean, I've heard a lot about how England has crappy food. That's one thing that they all talk about. How crappy the food in England is. And, and everybody feels that way, except for the people living there, you know. Yeah, yeah. They like eating hockey pucks and then, and, uh, and tomatoes for breakfast, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen that, I think, in <laughs> like a whole tomato and. Yeah, no, no, you can't forget the baked beans. They eat baked beans for breakfast, Lord Jesus. Oh That's man, it. and and the peach, peach pudding. Oh my goodness, man! No, like, I'm yeah, sorry, bro. Well, this know. reminds me. I saw I saw a video of Tom Holland, and he was like testing out like uh, British. Oh, British. you saw that video too? Yeah, yes. he was eating British British foods compared to like American foods, and I was like, in my head, he had a sausage roll, and I was like, what is a sausage roll? I've never heard that, but I heard... He, he, he put it over a, a Krispy Kreme donut, and I was like, oh. I was like, is it really that good? You know, Grant, I'm a brother. Over a Krispy Kreme? Yeah, over a Krispy Kreme donut. If all of America saw that, they would revolt, I promise you. Oh, yeah, he, he would be canceled. He wouldn't be able to be a Spider-Man no more, of course. Like, right. it just would have been... Yeah. Listen, sorry, guys, we're not here to... Butcher or talk bad about England all day, even though, given the fact that we're Americans, we can. But yeah, um, I mean, we we really have no room to speak right now. Turmoil is definitely in his heart, <laughs> and plus, like they always say, we don't have free healthcare. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, Stephen. Um, if you look at the other leagues, I mean. La Liga's back. Um, series A is canceled until further notice. Series, series A's coming back soon, too. I believe the 17th or the 22nd. One or two. Really? I uh, thought they delayed it. Oh, well. Uh, there, ooh, excuse me. Yeah, Serie A should be uh, coming back soon. Soon, soon. Oh, it actually says games are supposed to be starting the 20th. Right on my birthday. Wow. Cool. Okay. Um, who's playing? I mean, uh, Torino, Parma, and then Verona and Cagliari. I mean, you know. Eh. Then the 21st, you got uh, 21st, you got Milan versus, I mean, Inter Milan versus Sampdoria, Sampdoria and Atalanta versus Sassuolo. Then that Monday... Uh, AC Milan plays, I guess, Lecce. Lecce. And then, I mean, I, all I know is for a fact that Juve plays that Monday, since, too. Since they want to be on time, or at least all the leagues want to be on time, I know they're definitely pushing a lot more games. I mean, I know what I've read that La Liga was pretty much having a game every other day to finish the season by July. 
honestly, where it's looking at, they're literally having a game every day. Like, there's games every day for – they're just skipping the 25th. It literally goes 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 26th, 27th, 28th, 30th, and then July 1st. Oh, my God. July 1st, they got six games going on, which is great. I wonder, are there any, like, big games that are going to be happening? With them? Oh, Milan plays Roma the, the 28th. That's going to be pretty good. Is that uh, so? I mean, I would hope so. Those are, you know, is Laton back? Is Laton back? You know, everything's always better when Laton's around. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, all I have to say is once I turn my TV on to the start of soccer, I don't think I'm going to ever turn it off because it sounds like there's a game every other time span. That's what it sounds like. Basically. Basically. The only thing, uh, I wish I was soccer, you know. I wish time was universal. Because waking <laughs> up at 11, waking up at 11, I mean, you know, 9 in the morning to like a soccer game, when you go to sleep oh. at like 2, 3 in the morning is rough. It's pretty rough. No, Steve, you don't understand, like, 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 imagine... I'm not sure this was way before quarantine, it was like probably two years ago. But I'm not sure if you even still do it, but Premier Leagues used to have, um, yeah, Premier Leagues used to have uh, their games at like seven in the morning. And I would wake up for that tired, but happy. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just cheers to you, man. But. Uh, only games I uh, ask so hard for me to do. I, I usually try to catch the new games. Like it would no, like typically I'm not I'm not sure oh, if Oh well was, no, they still they still got a game Prem is still having a game at there's one at seven thirty in the morning. Oh uh, Lester is gonna be on, on your birthday also. I can do that day. back in the day, but I'm not sure if I could do that now. I mean jeez. Uh. My body does not let me wake up that early anymore. Uh, the earliest I wake up is probably 8 o'clock. <laughs> what depends on when I go to sleep, too. It also depends on when I go to sleep. Yeah. Um, me and Stephen have this brief occasion of playing pro clubs on FIFA 20 until, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah, because people don't like waking up till People wake up at 5 p.m. to go to sleep at 7 in the morning. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, like who made your sleep schedule, bro? <laughs> I think they made it themselves to whoever what kind of boost keeping them up late at night. Cause yeah. But for the Premier League, you know, Tottenham plays next Friday. That's a blessing. Play Man U. U fifteen. This this Friday. Be watching it. Next Friday. Next Friday. Um who don't have who, a, a Premier League favorite, do you? Or are you going to pick Liverpool because, you know, that bandwagon and you them deep? I mean, what? what's their matchup? Who's? Uh, Liverpool's. Liverpool doesn't play till the 24th against Crystal Palace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. No, that that was perfect. That was perfect. 
That was exactly what they needed to hear. <laughs> Another Liverpool win. Just, just look at it like that. Add more to and, the table, why don't you? Yeah, they, they don't play again till the 2nd of July. But they play uh, – the 2nd of July, they play Man City, so that's going to be a pretty good game. Um, Do – on another note, while you're talking about those tables, do you think that League One can be reopened? I mean, look, if they're going to reopen Serie A after how bad Italy was, they can definitely reopen League One. <laughs> okay. Okay. Why well, you don't? Oh, you don't want it open so so PSG could just happen to win. I mean, I mean, they're twelve points ahead. But, I mean, was it a little bit early? I mean, yes, should have Liverpool be the first team to be considered doing that? Also, yes. But, I don't know. Do you still want to see Liverpool, um, I mean, Premier League play, given the fact of the point differential or point gap? I mean, I feel like people want them. I would, I would just want them to play just for, you know. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. Because, no, not just for them to play, because the, the race underneath them isn't bad, like I said. It's still, you know, people are still fighting for that fifth spot. People are still fighting for them, the Champions League spot. And, yeah, I just feel like if there's people that are actually, you know, able to, to still get their get positions for, like, next – for placement in tournaments for next season, it should still be played. That it matters just as much. Got you. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, right now well, I'm looking at League One's uh, table. Cool. And it's, it's you guys. It's PSG, Marcia, Rennes, Lily, and then Nice. So. Oh, hey, it's looking, it's looking real um, proper and dandy, in my opinion. Yeah, you guys are going to have to lose. Four games in a row. Marcel's gonna have to win four games in a row. Even you know, be recognized as being competitive. <laughs> Listen, um, Steve, um, I'm not sure. Are we done with soccer? That covers yeah, just yeah. about. That's really all we got. I mean, only thing else we could really talk about. Well, I mean, yes, we're we're done with soccer. But uh, <laughs> but in, in other news, the only thing we can really talk about is that, uh, well, of course, basketballs, basketballs starting their, uh, they've already passed their uh, guidelines. Their guidelines, yeah, of going to Orlando, playing their uh, twenty-two game invite. I mean, twenty-two team invite, uh, with eight teams fighting for a play-in spot. Right. Yeah, I think I think given that list, I mean, yeah. So then eight. Well, given the list, yeah, wasn't it like uh, Kings, Pelicans, Spurs, uh, Portland, Spurs, Portland? Uh, I forgot the other teams. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, with Lamarcus's injury. Do you think the Spurs are automatically out in terms of paper? 
Uh, I mean, losing LaMarcus. Yeah, losing LaMarcus is pretty is pretty big. They don't have – I don't know any fours that they have that are really going to fill in. They don't have anybody, any big, that's really going to fill in the role that, that LaMarcus had. Because, yeah, it's just it's LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, that, that's a solid four, four or five, honestly. And he's been doing what he's had to do for – Forever, forever, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, filling in, filling in somebody, having somebody who's just gonna come in and give you twenty and ten, or twenty and eight, or even fifteen and ten is not easy. It's not easy to find. Definitely, so it's, it's definitely gonna be tough. Uh, let me see what these teams are because now I'm really, it's really bugging me. It is uh Oh my god, I hate them. Hey when they do this, when they give you articles and it's a video to watch. Like what do you give me the article for? They're watching that via ESPN. Uh that was on I don't know. No, that was CBS, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, some teams tend to do that. Well, some websites tend to do that. Um, so it's 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 a uh, so it's Brooklyn, Orlando, Washington, Memphis, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Phoenix. So nine teams. It's nine teams? Uh, yeah. Nine. I thought it was eight. I thought it was eight too, but but it says they'd be buying nine teams for I don't mm, did it, mm, I I would have to look on my Instagram feed to really find out. So you know, Bleacher Report be telling you everything. Yeah. That's all right. But um I look forward to see just how, not only the games, but just to see how everything plays out because the fall is going to be very busy for them. I know for a fact that they have a potential date of December 1st, which means Christmas is coming very early, but it's going to be a very busy summer and fall period. It's going to be awkward. Yeah. Just because everything is rushed, like July 31st. Like, Yeah, I think I think training camp starts first week of August. And then they had it all. Oh my God, they had it all set up and I cannot think of it. Hold up. Because training camp is supposed to start yeah, training camp starts in August, and then I think training camp is about three weeks, where they'll play their they'll play their regular season games in summer league format, and then after that starts the playoffs. And where is this? I cannot find this uh, post that they had that really explained everything. Well. 
Well, yeah. All right. Well, can um, can't mind it. But yeah. So, so I mean, it'll be it'll be very very interesting. Very interesting on what's going on. I hope players don't get injured. Um, that's that's probably the biggest uh, the biggest concern. On because I mean, people have already said that lowering the training camp from three from four weeks, which it should be. People are athletes believe that it should be a four week minimum of having a training camp because it it has a a higher chance of preventing injury. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how well losing a week is actually going to do, but it could, you know, it could really, you know, alter things. But I feel like they, they know what they're doing. They definitely know what they're doing. Uh, so, like, they could definitely. I think they definitely put a lot of consideration into it. But, um, yeah, it's something we definitely got to wait for. And, I mean, at least this gets the fans pumping now. Am I going to go to the NBA Finals because I meet sports that much? Probably not, but will I watch it? For sure. Thank you. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch it. When he comes back, it's going to be pretty great. Uh, what else? Oh, MLS. I meant to say MLS. MLS has got approved for a 54 a fifty-four game tournament in Orlando. That's what they're going to continue yes, the season. They're... They're calling that the MLS is back tournament. And it's, yeah, MLS is back tournament. Oh, got you, got you, got you. The MLS is back tournament. And they're going to include all 24 teams. And and I know they're going to start in early July, July 8th, if I'm correct. And they will commence it in Orlando. So, something to look uh, forward to. And be pretty interesting. Hopefully, um, they, might, they might throw Inter Miami in there just because, uh, you know, they seem like they should be prepared, but doubt it. Um, oh, another thing about sports is uh, baseball is still not approved. Yes, yeah, so I know that. No, that's a big uh, issue. They cannot figure out a, a set amount of games that they they're they're both that both sides are compliant with. So, it's a lot of games to fill. I mean, yeah, I mean, cutting down a hundred eighty-two game season. I think they decided to make it seventy. I believe they said they proposed like seventy-six or something like that, seventy-nine. Um, but I don't. I don't get it. Like, because there's going to be, at this point, whenever, Laura knows when baseball's going to start, honestly. But whenever we're start, whenever it starts, we're going to be so oversaturated with sports that they're probably not even going to get as much attention as they think they are. Unless, yeah, unless they're, they're going to format it like they're, well, no. Because even if they format it the way that everybody else is going to format it, players are still going to, there's still going to be multiple games of each sport going on. So they're going to, they're going to be fighting for time. They're going to be fighting for spaces on ESPN and stuff like that. They're probably going to have to sign. I mean, well, not. The NBA has TNT. TNT and, uh, is probably going to bring in a lot of uh, – probably going to host a lot of things. But since they're in Orlando, ABC is probably going to be straight, you know, 
straight out of sports for a while. Um, I don't know. We might even see a. Golly, I cannot think. We're going to see a whole lot of oversaturation, yeah. a whole lot of recording of games just because people rather watch this game. Over the other and, game, yeah. Yeah, as opposed, but still want to see the other full game in depth just because. But listen, save, save yourself some break. If you could record it, please record it. But I just, I don't know. I kind of miss hearing my uh, neighbors in my complex screaming. And and soccer or, or basketball? Soccer, basketball, whatever. And, <laughs> and it's like, bro, I could relate to you. I wish I could scream with you, but, you know, I can't. But I feel your pain is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I can't wait to be, you know. And in, in the parties, I'm definitely going to be in, you know, at the PlayStation parties, watching the game simultaneously. Talking about, yo, like, did you see what happened? What's going on? This is crazy. You know, hopefully, hopefully they don't disappoint. I'm really hoping that these sports don't disappoint. Because I'm not coming. I'm not coming back to sports. I'm not trying to watch blowouts. I'm trying to watch competitive games. <laughs> I want to see some top-notch, you know, quality games. And you know, hopefully they provide us with that. All players should be healthy and willing to go, except for KD, of course. And, uh, yeah, things should be going smoothly. I look forward to how the world of sports is going to come back and hopefully better than ever. I mean, hopefully baseball comes to a proposition. Hopefully soccer the other soccer leagues don't disappoint as they come back i hope mike tyson wins whatever battles he faces in life from now on I mean, mike tyson and is on the uh whatchamacallit cast right now the aew cast aew yeah uh all elite wrestling he's uh he's been apparently been with them for a while i saw him on there when i was watching the other day uh, another doesn't he have his does he have his own podcast? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I saw an episode of that with him, and I mean, it was it was pretty good. I don't, I don't, I don't watch it. I I rarely watch podcasts. If I'm watching a podcast, is I usually listen for comedy podcasts. But you know, it's still rare. Or No Jumper. I listen to No Jumper a little bit. I have not listened to No Jumper and. Geez, I don't know how long, but it's it's been a while. I remember when No Jumper first started, bro. I used to be on that heavy. It was Loki. It was Loki. Yeah, but I think. Oh well, another... this was when he was bald too. So yeah, no, no, no. He started off with hair. He started off with hair, but he got popular when he was bald. Yeah, he started to get popular when he was bald. And now he's on Snapchat with hair. So you, I mean. He kind of has a reason. It's kind of quarantine, but that doesn't nah, he, he, was growing, he, was growing, he was growing his hair back before quarantine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense then. Oh, but another thing, I think Gronk is officially out of the WWE roster, off the WWE roster. I mean, he lost his belt. Yeah, if I remember. 
Well, that's that's unfortunate. The man's a record breaker, and a record? he even said it. Yeah, apparently he held. I forgot what belt, but he held a certain belt for the longest time. It was to be history, on. Yeah, I mean, Loki. I'm not gonna lie. The way he lost it was very like staged, very staged. Like <laughs> it was really bad. Oh my god! Like it's there. It's him. I don't know if you know R Truth is, but like yeah, him. yeah. I know. I know of Mister R Two Truth. Yeah, R Truth is like sitting there, like he's his his his, his florist basically. He's in his garden, and Gronk's like, yeah, I'm about to go out and work out or something like that with some random guy. Next thing you know, you see Archie as the, as the the florist, and it's like, all right, well, clearly something's about to happen. Gronk doesn't know, but of course, next thing you know, Gronk turns around, sees his friends in, in the WWE uh, uh, like referee uniform. He turns around, he's like, oh my god, and then yeah, Archie gets that like one of those sneaky pins where you come from underneath and wrap him under. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched WWE since I was a young lad, but you could definitely go into more in-depth with the sport off the air. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jesus, is that it for everything, Steve? Yeah, basically. I think that's all we got, mate. Yeah, that's all we got, mate. Um, chop, chop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're done because um, we're bored to stop talking. Yeah, I'm Jonathan Dominique, and this is that was even worthy, man. Um, I'm not sure when we're going to do this again. Probably not until the 18th, in which we have another guest who would be Brandon Little. I just cannot confirm it yet, even though I'm sounding like I'm confirming it, but it's <laughs> not confirmed. So that might be the next time we hear an episode from us, but we hope you had fun listening to Steve's energetic voice and my boring, deaf, baritone voice, but <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And thank you once again to Kenna Harold, who interviewed. Yes, sir. Who we interviewed the earlier. Man, the legend. That's what I'm gonna call him from now on. Yes, sir. The man. The man of the year. Mm-hmm. The soon Nobel Peace Prize winner. Yes, we're. I'm voting for him. I'm not sure how to vote, but I'm voting for him. Yeah, it definitely get my letter recommendation. So, well, if our letters meant anything to them, but (laughs) (laughs) of course, course. uh, students. Okay, we'll take some into consideration. (laughs) (laughs) But we had a fun time. Yes, sir, we did. Yes, sir, we did. I think we went for almost two hours. Didn't even feel like it. No, I mean, yeah, it was pretty. We ran pretty smooth, pretty free-flowing. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it because of my earlier disconnect, but let's not worry about that. But, yes, um, 
Yes, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm John Dominique. And I'm Steve Worthy. Peace, Stephen Worthy. And this was a sports debate. Thank you for listening, guys. And I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, a wonderful Wednesday. Hopefully, you know, is this going to be up today? It should be up today, yes. All right, then have a great Wednesday. All right.